Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, good evening. Thanks for tuning in. I will actually be here for two hours tonight from 8 until 10 p.m. because Vinnie White has uh, taken a few weeks off. He's gone home to the UK for a little while, so I'll be covering for him this weekend and next weekend. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll uh, you'll stick around until 10 p.m. with me. Uh, coming up on the show, a lot of great guests. Also, I've got a fantastic giveaway. Um, I'll be giving away two passes to uh, Taste of Toronto, which is happening at Fort York starting this Thursday. So it's going on for four days. It goes from Thursday until Sunday. And it's a really fantastic um, restaurant event that um, they have actually these festivals all over the world, all kinds of different countries, the, the Taste of events and the Taste of Toronto uh, was here last year for the first time. So this is their second year. They've got some really fantastic local restaurants and chefs who will be there. There'll be uh, demonstrations, there'll be cooking classes, all kinds of things you can take part in. Um, if you want to, you can also obviously buy tickets for admission, but I will be giving away two passes later on in the show and also giving away some um, spending credits because when you're there, you don't buy the food and the items with cash. They have this sort of currency that they call crowns. And I'll be giving away um, $30 to for each pass as well, so you can enjoy some of the great food and sample it down there. Um, hey, happy Pride. I know the weather... <laughs> The weather didn't cooperate, but that doesn't keep people from going out and celebrating, which which I love. And I spent, um, I lived for six years in that uh, Church Wellesley village there. I, that was where I bought my first condo. So for six years, I every time I left my place, um, I always got a little bit of, um, you know, the Pride Week festivities. And I loved it. It's just such a great, positive, welcoming and celebratory time. And, uh, and I do miss that about, you know, now that I live in the West End, I kind of miss stepping out of my door and just seeing people celebrate. But if you did attend any Pride activities, I'd love to know uh, what you did. You can text in at 71010 or you can call in 416-872-1010 or start 8255 on your cell phone. Let me know if you've ever attended um, the Pride Parade or the Dyke March or you've got all kinds of events that go on. And I'd like to know how you took part and perhaps what it is that you enjoyed because um, I missed out on that this weekend just from uh, from working. And I saw, I guess, on like the TV coverage that, um, you know, definitely the weather does not keep people from going out and celebrating Pride. And that's really sort of, I think, the great thing about Toronto. Um, also great news in time with Pride Week would be the Supreme Court ruling that legalized gay marriage across the U.S. So about time and um, such great news. So I think a lot to celebrate this weekend, this weekend for sure. Um, coming up on the show as well, I'm going to talk about the um, some of the hot beverage trends, the hot drink trends. And I don't mean necessarily alcoholic drinks, but, you know, there used to be a time when you were offered like water or pop. Like there weren't a lot of other options, maybe juice. But now you walk down the street and there's, you know, um, like cold pressed juice bars. There's like fermented tea drinks like kombucha. There's now, you know, you'll find tea shops, you know, every few feet. There's for there's all these like fancy tea shops. People aren't just drinking orange pico and Earl Grey anymore. They they're willing to spend a little bit more for a quality product. So all of these different beverages, you know, the iced teas and the iced coffees, um, they're starting to take over. 
And uh, I'm going to talk to someone later on about cold brew coffee. So you might know what this is if you are a coffee drinker. But uh, if not, you're going to start seeing a lot more of it. So even big chains like Starbucks are starting to um, offer this. So I'll talk to someone about that just so you're in the know and you know what it is that you're getting. Um, Also, school's out. Yay, I guess, for some parents. Perhaps, kind of. <laughs> Our dollar isn't very strong. I know that. So I'm curious to know if you're going on vacation or if you're doing a staycation. Maybe you're going to stay in the city or stay in the country. Let me know what you're up to. 7 10 10. I'd like to know what your summer plans are. Um, so texting at 7 10 10. Uh, as some of you may know, I was off uh, not last weekend, the weekend before. I was in Scotland for a little bit and I was traveling around a little bit on my own. And then I was in Glasgow where I connected with um, the tourism people at Glasgow to help me build a bit of an itinerary and, and show me some of the main sites. And what was really cool when I was there, I didn't realize this, is that a a lot of their museums and their galleries are free to get into. Now, if you've traveled anywhere, especially in Europe, I find, like they've got some really beautiful museums, beautiful churches that you can go into. And often that comes with an admission price. And it's fine if it's just one person. But when you're traveling with a family, that can really add up if you want to hit up a couple of couple of places in, in one trip. So I did really uh, enjoy that about Glasgow was that there are so many attractions that are free, absolutely free for you to go into. Um, and if you do want to find out more information about uh, some of the places I was talking about on my trip, you can go to the website, which is peoplemakeglasgow.com. Um, some great info there. And they were also very kind to me uh, when I was visiting. And actually, not bad weather. I We're having more rain this weekend than I had the entire week I was in Scotland. Uh, I think I've, oh, did we, did we lose Kevin? I think so. That's all right. Uh, We were talking about uh, Pride Weekend or, yeah, this being Pride Weekend and maybe how you were celebrating. And if you want to call in, you can 416-872-1010 or star 8255. You can also text in at 71010. And I am curious, too, if you've got kids uh, that are now out of school, what your plans are for the summer. If you are if you're going away or if you're going to do, you know, a little home vacation, a staycation, as people call it. Earlier this week, the Oxford English Dictionary updated their list with a few new words that are now common in everyday English. And I wanted to share some of this, these words with you. Now, they're very strict about the words that they will add. Like they have to have been in use in news stories and fiction for at least 10 years. So it's not like you can just make up a word and suddenly it's in the Oxford English Dictionary. Turns out, no, not a big surprise, twerking. It's actually not a new word. So a lot of us associate that with who? Miley Cyrus. Uh, Turns out twerking, they have found usage of that word dating back to the 1800s. So this is a bit of a history lesson, I guess. Um, But originally it was spelled T-W-I-R-K. It's now spelled T-W-E-R-K. And they've changed the definition. So the definition of twerking is now dancing in a sexually provocative manner using thrusting movements of the bottom and hips while in a low squatting stance. Originally, twerking, dating back to the 1800s, just meant twisting or a twitch. (laughs) So it's evolved a lot. Other words that have been added to the dictionary, this is your little bit of trivia for tomorrow morning when you're at the office, Uh, e-cigarette, so a noun, a cigarette-shaped device containing a nicotine-based liquid or other substance that is vaporized and inhaled, used to simulate the experience of smoking. You've probably seen that out and about. Actually, I've seen people at restaurants 
using their their e-cigarettes. I'm not sure how long that's gonna that's gonna last. Um, also, this word, meh, m-e-h, interjection, expressing indifference or lack of enthusiasm. I like this addition. This is now in the Oxford English Dictionary. Hot mess, a noun. A hot mess referred to a warm meal, especially one served to a group in 1818. But now it's more commonly commonly used as a slang term for something or someone in extreme confusion or disorder. I like how it used to mean a hot meal, which would make sense, I guess. Um, also, faux shizzle. Ah, do you guys have teens? Maybe that would be something they say. Adjective. The slang term originated in the language of rap and hip-hop and means for sure. Also, FOMO. F-O-M-O, a noun. So if you hear your kids saying this, FOMO, or if you see it written somewhere on Twitter or Facebook, it's the, it stands for fear of missing out. Anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may be happening elsewhere, often aroused, aroused by posts seen on a social media website. Just a couple of the words that are now in the dictionary that you can you can use freely because now they're real words because they're in the dictionary. Uh, coming up after the break, nutritionist Teresa Albert with uh, summer fit tips and the surprising, and by surprising, I mean disappointing, number of vegetables that we're actually eating every day. Teresa's gonna fill us in. And don't forget, you will have chances to win passes to Taste of Toronto happening at Fort York this coming weekend. That's happening throughout the show. And I'm here again for two hours tonight covering for Vinny as he's away on vacation. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Pei Chen. This is The Pei Chen Show. Tonight, I'm here until 10 p.m. covering for Vinny as well uh, for his show, which starts at 9, so I'll be here uh, for two hours. Thanks for tuning in. Barbecues, patios, yeah, wonder. well, not today, um, but later. They can lead to a bit of extra eating in the summer, but to keep you on track with some summer fit tips, we've got Toronto nutritionist Teresa Albert. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Pei. How are you? Uh, well, I'm not enjoying this summer weather, but I know that it's. we had a taste of it, and it's coming back. It always comes back. It'll be fine. And then I like to sit on the patio and just, like, nibble. <laughs> well, and that's the question, right? What are you nibbling? Well, the, the Teresa, it is probably not carrots. <laughs> no, but it should be carrots first, carrots and celery, and, you know, and mind your dip, remember? Right, yes, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I get that. I understand yeah. it. I yeah. hear the words. I hear the words. <laughs> I know. I, you know how many people I hear? say to me, I hear your voice in my head as I'm diving into the blue cheese dip. Yes. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. No, I you know it's, it's true. We do commune, commune more in the summer. You know, we sit on the dock, we sit on the deck, we, you know, eat. We want to soak up that little bit of good weather that we have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's ways to do it and ways to not do it. So do you want to start with the snacks first? All right. All right. If we must. Um, you do want to be careful with that dip. And one of the secrets that I like to do is take a low-fat Greek yogurt mm -hmm. and mix it 50-50 with whatever else other people are having, right? the salsa or the hummus. or the. So you're at least getting high protein, low fat, and then you try to dip your veggies before you move on to your chips. Okay. Deep fried is a no-no. Forever? Like there, are, 
forever. I'm sorry, deep fried's just never going to fly. <laughs> I like pop chips because mm-hmm. they're not fried. They're all natural. They're, they taste as good. They're just as crunchy, and they have you know natural seasonings and flavors. And then they're not deep fried. The deep fryer does create toxins that are bad for you, okay. plus the calories. Right. So we're not just talking about the fat and the unhealthy food and the weight gain. We're also talking about lifelong health. Right. Right? Gotcha. So there's, there, there's your snacks. Okay. And for your activity, you want to make sure you're doubling up. So you split your fit. You've got to do something in the morning before the sun gets hot. Mm-hmm. And get your metabolism going. It's like stoking the fire. You will burn more. We call it the afterburn. Yeah. You'll burn more through the day if you've done something in the morning. And then, you know. Do we have to do it twice a day? Yeah. Yeah. Less time. So much exercise. (laughs) I feel like you just doubled all the physical activity that I I do. I, I cut it in half. All right. You don't have to go to the gym for an hour anymore. The new evidence is saying that 20 minutes in the morning, if you're doing sprints, so you, you know, run for a minute, mm-hmm. walk for a minute, run for a minute, walk for a minute. Yeah. So you're really increasing the intensity means you can decrease the time. Okay. You know what's funny is that um, I somewhat recently, in, in recent weeks, um, started with a new personal trainer. And one of the things he told me, because I tend to work out sort of like in the day, during the day, mm-hmm. or, you know dinner time and uh he said when you get up in the morning because i said i was low energy he's like i want you to go for a run or do yeah. something he's like i'll go for a bike ride like right away to yeah. to get your energy up because i said i'm very i'm just not a morning person and i'm just kind of always a bit groggy uh yeah. so that's that's what he told me to do and i haven't done it once but anyway i did hear the i did hear the advice oh that sounds a lot like a phone call from your friend teresa every uh, morning until you no this is terrible i'm never not giving you my home number <laughs> all right so we should be doing it like 20 minutes in the morning just to get ourselves going Yes, and then you want to keep the activity in the afternoon. So the afterburn effect, whatever you do at the end of the day, that can be kind of, you know, your real, your bonus, your whatever, whatever you're going to do. Of course, you're going to go for a bike ride with your friends. You're going to water ski. I don't know what you're going to do. You're going to do something. But whatever it is doesn't have to be as intense because you've already got your body started first thing in the morning. All right. Okay. So we're talking about lifelong health as well as weight mm-hmm. here, right? We're talking about you know, filling the gaps and making sure – that you're healthy throughout forever forever and and we know that 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 increased exercise all that running all those marathoners i love you god bless you however it is creating as much stress and strain on the body Mm -hmm. as someone who does no exercise like you you know our muscles can only live so long right our you know we've only got so many heartbeats in us so if you're burning them all at that end, there is a stress related to that. It, it may be fine, but mm-hmm. there is a stress related to that. Okay. So you, you kind of want to manage it somewhere in the middle. There is a sweet spot. Okay. Sweets. Yum. There is a sweet spot. Sweets. <laughs> yum. You and I are opposite ends. We right? are quite different, Teresa. I know. I'll <laughs> eat the cheese. You'll eat the cupcakes. Yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. So other ways for us to just be on track in the summer? Um, I, I think that we really need to measure our snacks. We never want to eat from the bag or, or a communal bowl because mm-hmm. the studies show that you will eat more. Just naturally oh, yeah. go back in. When there's lots, you'll go back in. Take well, your portion, put it in a bowl, know what you're doing. Well, that I was at a barbecue on Friday, and all the chips were in the bag or they were in giant bowls. And it's just so easy when you sit down at, like, a little yeah. picnic table that the bowls are in front of you and you just keep going. Like It's it's bottomless, and you know you're not going to eat the whole bowl. Yeah, but, but I, I, have no, I have no clue how much I ate. 
Right, and that's important because we're looking, I'm looking at some of the new information. Three quarters of Canadians consider themselves to be in good or excellent health. However, but are we really like we consider that we might be overly optimistic? Exactly. I always ask, well, what you know, what does that mean? This was yeah. a study done by Centrum, so the people who make Centrum, the multivitamins. Mm-hmm. They consider themselves to be in good to excellent health, but almost the same number, seventy-one percent, said that they are somewhat concerned that they might not be getting all the nutrients they need. Okay. So you know, we think we're doing okay, but we don't know. Right. So, you know, really, I'm a believer in multivitamins. I do think you want to take one each day to fill the gap. Mm -hmm. It's not a magic bullet, right? No one's claiming that it's going to, you know, prevent anything or cure anything, but it does sort of fill in the gap because Health Canada says 10 million Canadians are not getting all the vitamins and minerals they need from diet alone. So I know that there was something else we're going to talk about, which was the number of vegetables that Canadians (laughs) eat. Right. Um, In the same information... Um, we get four servings of caffeine a day without fail. Do we? Yep. Yep. Without fail. I feel pretty good about being like just below average. (laughs) Yeah. Without fail. We also get four servings of vegetables a day, which is less than half of what we need. So we're determined to get our caffeine to get Mm -hmm. us up and going, but you know, filling in that lifelong gap, you know, of all of the nutrients. And of course, you know, We've talked about this before. Coffee and tea are not bad for you, but they aren't bringing all of the nutrients that vegetables would. So how many vegetables are we supposed to have a day? Or like fruits and vegetables, I guess? You're sitting down? Yeah. (laughs) Between eight and ten servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Well, you know what? Mm -hmm. I will say, you know, to be a bit positive, that in the summer, I feel like it's we tend to gravitate towards the grilled veggies on the barbecue yeah. or the fresh salads because they're lighter food. It's in the winter that I think sometimes you don't feel like veg- you don't feel like salad as much. Well, um, it's true. It's and then true. you know we also have the local stuff that's growing too, so it makes it a bit easier uh, yes. to you know eat the rainbow. I guess if you're going to do that, eat a rainbow. It is more bountiful, right? It yeah. is, and and actually Canadians are doing better. Like each year, you know, we have these this information. So we are doing slightly better on our fruits and vegetables. It's what we're dipping them in or frying them in, or that's what we have to be careful of because, you know, a deep-fried piece of broccoli comes with a lot of calories and a lot of fat. Whereas Uh, a nice piece of fresh broccoli, you know. kind of bland, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get it. Which tastes great with ranch dip, right? (laughs) You call it bland. I call it harmless and healthy. Tomato, (sighs) tomato. You know, I do love them. Um, Just very quickly, what do you think about people who drink their vegetables or assume that they're getting the vegetable um, fix by just having juices? It depends on your source. So if Mm -hmm. you are juicing your own vegetables, I'm all for it. You're not getting all the fiber from it, but I'm all for it. If you're juicing fruit, you're probably getting too much sugar. Ah, okay. So if you're doing the vegetables, and if that's going to be, I mean, if the only way you're going to get vegetables that day maybe is to have that veggie juice? Yep, whatever it takes to get it in. If you're juicing it yourself, you've got to be careful with some of the commercial products, right? Mm -hmm. There's more fruit than there is vegetable, which means there's more sugar and calorie. Right. And we don't um, measure, our minds don't sort of deduct the calories that are taken in liquid form. So with vegetables, no big deal. It's not a lot of calories. But with fruit juice, mm-hmm. you will get a blood sugar spike and your brain won't sort of adapt and, and you know, take that off the end of what you're supposed to eat. So I love juicing. I, and, and as you said, in the summer, a farmer's market, you know, bring home a whack of, you know, kale and celery and stick an apple in it. Yeah. We can be friends and you can still have a cupcake. 
Oh, we can still be friends. That's great. Yeah. I really yeah. appreciate that. Thank you, Teresa. Did you get a new website as well? Your website looks beautiful. Thank you. It is. It's TeresaAlbert.com. Okay. So for some more great healthy eating advice and some tips, you can go visit Teresa there. Thanks, Teresa. Have a great night. My pleasure. You too. So still to come on the show, your chance to win tickets and uh, some food credits to Taste of Toronto taking place this week at Fort York. And coming up after the break, it's a disease that affects more people in Canada than any other country in the world. And that's why uh, we should be particularly concerned about trying to um, fund research and uh, help those who are suffering from this disease. I'm curious to know if you might guess what it is. That's coming up right after the break. You're listening to The Pei Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. More with Pei Chen on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. Paychen.com is the website, and that's also where you can find links to the podcast. If you've missed a show, you want to catch up on something that uh, that you missed a part of. It's a disease that affects more people in Canada than any other part of the world. Multiple sclerosis is Canada's disease, and that's not really something for us to be too proud of. Now, the MS Society of Canada has launched a new campaign to help Canadians fight this disease. And here to talk about it a bit more is Dr. Karen Lee, the VP of Research at the MS Society. Hello, Dr. Lee. Hi, Kay. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me tonight. I was really surprised, really surprised, to learn mm-hmm. that multiple sclerosis affects more Canadians than in any other country. Yep, and um, it's a fact we aren't proud of. Um, There definitely is more MS in this world, in Canada, than anywhere else in the world. Um, There's 100,000 people currently living with MS right now here in Canada. So I guess for listeners who don't know, what uh, what is multiple sclerosis? So multiple sclerosis is a disease that affects your central nervous system. And what the central nervous system is, is your brain, your spinal cord, and your optic nerve. And the best way that you can explain it is if you think of an electrical wire and you've got insulation, mm-hmm. that's part of, those are the nerves that runs from the brain to your hands, for instance. And that insulation is broken down. Your body attacks it for some reason. And that leads to coordination um, issues, movement issues, um, vision, and um, it causes quite a it's a quite a debilitating disease. What causes MS then? That's a really good question. And the cause of multiple sclerosis is currently still not known. And um, some of the hypotheses that's been going on, especially with uh, why Canada has the highest rates, is that it could potentially be linked to vitamin D. Um, For instance, we've seen now that the further you are away from the equator, there appears to be higher rates of multiple sclerosis. So um, knowing that Canada, we don't necessarily have the best weather. We mm-hmm. do have a lot more snow than sun. Um, potentially, we aren't getting enough vitamin D, and that could potentially be a linkage. But there's also other hypotheses of the cause. Um, it could be genetic. It could as well be related to a virus. And those are things that the MS Society of Canada is still trying to figure out through research. Now, I, I was actually, um, and you touched on this, is whether I was wondering whether or not it was genetic or hereditary. So if, if your mother or, say, grandmother, grandfather had multiple Mm -hmm. sclerosis does that mean that you are more likely um, to be diagnosed with it at some point like does it typically run in the family so in fact there really hasn't been um, 
true genetic um, linkages. Mm-hmm. Um, we have heard quite a few stories of families that do have MS throughout different generations. However, there isn't one true link of a true gene that has been linked to multiple sclerosis. So it's still up in the air. There is one gene that they've seen that could potentially be linked, but it doesn't occur in all people living with multiple sclerosis. All right. So then how are people diagnosed? Like, how would you know if mm-hmm. you or your loved one maybe should see the doctor because this might be something to have checked out? So in terms of being diagnosed, one of the first symptoms that people usually have um, and don't really realize um, at first is some, you know, numbness in the arms. Um, one day they could potentially not be able to walk all of a sudden. Um, one big symptom is blurriness and loss of vision. Oh. Now what happens is, is the best way for diagnosis is what we are calling MRI technology. So that's imaging in the brain. Mm-hmm. And that's how they can confirm multiple sclerosis is they see essentially what they call lesions or black holes in terms of your brain scans. Um, then what are, I guess, what are some of the treatments? What are the options for people? Yeah, so in terms of treatments, there are different types of multiple sclerosis that's currently out there. And um, we have definitely come a long way in terms of treatment options for people living with multiple sclerosis. Over 20 years ago, there were no treatment options for people. Um, Currently, there are 10 treatment options for people living with relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis. So that is great news. However, there's a form of multiple sclerosis called progressive MS. Mm -hmm. And that's currently um, a type of MS that we have no treatments for. And the MS Society of Canada is currently dedicated a lot of our research funding towards progressive MS to further understand why people get progressive MS and more importantly finding treatments and cures for those living with progressive MS. So isn't like so it isn't like um, you know everyone that has multiple sclerosis has the same symptoms or um, has the same challenges. It, it, it can vary quite a bit. Right, and that's probably one of the most interesting parts of this disease is one person, two people could be diagnosed the same day, and a doctor cannot tell them how the course of their disease will go. Um, Someone will be very mild in their symptoms, and in fact, your neighbor or a friend could have multiple sclerosis, and they may not have disclosed it to you, and you wouldn't be able to visibly see any differences. However, the other person who was diagnosed potentially the same day could progressively get worse and um, lose a lot of their mobility, um, requiring AIDS. And that's probably one of the hardest parts of multiple sclerosis Mm -hmm. is not being able to predict what's going to happen the next day. And um, for sure, um, more, shall we say, individualized treatment options is going to be probably the best thing for people living with MS. And that's what the MS Society of Canada is striving for, is more treatment options for all the varying forms of multiple sclerosis. Um, I have a listener who um, has called in. So Jamie from Toronto was asking at what age people develop MS. Is there sort of an age range? So typically, um, people who are diagnosed with multiple sclerosis are what we would call in the prime of their lives, Um, typically early adults from 20 to 40. Um, At the same time, we are starting to see children being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis as young as three of Three years of age. Oh wow! However, the norm, yeah, the normal age for diagnosis is typically between fifteen to forty. So I know that you've got this new campaign uh, that has launched in this sort of social media challenge that's out there to create <laughs> awareness and also to uh, to fundraise so that you can keep doing your research. So can you tell me a bit about this Canadian challenge? 
Yeah, so the MS Society has um, a challenge for all our, all the Canadians out there is to essentially take the pledge and to join um, hashtag team fight. What we're asking is to do something related to Canada because this is Canada's disease. We have the highest rates in the world. So why don't we fight for all the Canadians currently living with multiple sclerosis and more importantly to build awareness about this disease. And so we're asking Canadians to do something along the lines of maybe eating that extra large routine <laughs> that you normally wouldn't. Um, or normally me, would. And, now, <laughs> and then you need an excuse now to do it. You're like, oh, this exactly. is a great reason to eat that extra large routine. <laughs> or even do it every day for the entire week. Um, <laughs> Or for me, I love Nanaimo bars. Yes. Um, I'm dedicating to potentially eating Nanaimo bars for breakfast. Um, we're asking people to think outside the box. Um, something along the times of, um, you know, with Canada coming up, there's a mm -hmm. really great opportunity. And so um, definitely people can look at nms.ca, um, hashtag, hashtag take the pledge, and you can find out different ways you can do that. But really it's to support not only the people that live with MS, but to build awareness across the country. You know, I went online just to take a look at some of the um, the different challenges that people can can do if they, you know, can't think of one on their own. So there's something like, you know, wearing a toque all week, you know, at work. Yeah. There's also, as you mentioned, you know, enjoying an extra large poutine, and that's very Canadian. Yeah. Um, and I liked the one where uh, the challenge could be including maple syrup in all three meals of your day. So these are definitely exactly. like, they're, they're, some of them are enjoyable challenges. <laughs> Yes, definitely. But if you have a phobia of a singing, um, you can definitely try doing that. Trying to sing O Canada in public or at karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're definitely encouraging people to do interesting things, uh, but fun things. Yeah. And, but really, it's to build awareness. So the hashtag, if people want to do it and share it on social media, is Team Fight. The website, endms.ca. You can go there to find out more info, also to make a pledge. So how close are we to a cure? So once again, um, I, what I really like to say is that we are definitely making strides every mm -hmm. day. Um, Canada, not only do we have the highest rates of MS, we have the best researchers here in this country. And um, the MS Society has supported MS research um, since 1948. We have funded over $150 million. Wow. And we definitely have come a long way in terms of understanding multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. um, in the 80s was when we first were able to confirm diagnosis through MRI. Prior to that, there was no real real way to see it. Um, and once again, um, we have 10 treatment options for people living with relapsing remitting MS. And moving forward, progressive MS is where we really need to make the big strides. And we will in the next eight to 10 years for sure. That's amazing. Well, um, thank you so much for your time and uh, and congrats on the, on the work that you've done so far and also on the awareness for this uh, team fight pledge. I'm, I'm sure it's so going to go well. <laughs> well, and hey, we hope that you will also join and take on the challenge and potentially eat that extra, extra large poutine. Well, you know what? I will I will try. And I just had a nutritionist on the, on the uh, show, and she is shaking her head at me right now. But, you know, for a good cause, <laughs> I could certainly do it. Um, thanks so much for your time, Dr. Lee. Thank you, Pei. That's Dr. Lee from the MS Society. Again, if you want to find out more about this, uh, if you want to find out more info about MS, too, they've got some great links there. And also to find out about uh, this campaign, it's endms.ca. After the break, tech expert Amber MacArthur will join me to talk about the top trends in smart technology and how they're changing and improving our lives. So a couple of things you might not have known about. This is the Pei Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. <laughs>
top of the latest trends in smart technology? Well, don't feel bad. A lot of people aren't. But, uh, but we could be. Consumer technology is making our lives easier and getting things done faster. Consumer technology expert Amber MacArthur is here to talk about the top trends in smart technology. Hi, Amber. Hi there. Thanks for having me on. So, Amber, as a tech expert, then you review different, like, new technology and you follow all the trends. So you're a great go-to person for this. Um, so what are some of the trends that you're seeing in smart technology and how are they, you know, how are they improving our lives? Uh, how long do you have? <laughs> I <know. laughs> well, I could go on and on, but... <laughs> yeah, because there there are just so many, you know, I, I definitely live and breathe this stuff every single day. Uh, one of the first things I wanted to talk about is just this idea of total di- digital disruption. So um, I think uh, uh, back to about a month ago, I saw this graph that was uh, floating around LinkedIn, and it talked about what an interesting time we live in. And for example, it, it said that, uh, you know, the world's largest taxi company has no taxi. They own no automobiles, and of course, that's Uber. Uh, oh. the, the world's largest accommodations company owns no real estate, and of course, that's Airbnb. So it's interesting just to see how disruptive this new technology is and how it's literally taking down entire industries that exist today. And, and the way that we used to do stuff is literally changing overnight. And, you know, I know some people think that it's a bad thing, like, for example, the Uber. But for others, like for myself, that app makes my life really easy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that you can say that for Uber. You can say the same thing for Airbnb. Mm-hmm. If you're traveling with your family and you want a, a place that has a kitchen and feels a little more like home, that changes everything. So I think you're right. You know, people do complain about this disruption. It means that, of course, there are people who are going to miss out and be affected by this. But we can't deny how technology has made it easier to do a lot of things and how new industries are literally popping up overnight. Right. Okay. So um, I guess the next thing, the next trend you're seeing. Uh, A big one right now is this idea of social entrepreneurship, and I think this one is kind of exciting. You know, I love seeing companies out there who are doing things or creating products, but they also want to give back at the same time. Uh, One of the companies that really excites me is a company called Goldie Blocks, and this was created by a woman who was at Stanford University, and she was frustrated that there were no toys that encouraged young girls to build. You know, you, you had Barbie and all these other toys, but nothing like Lego or anything that's really targeted towards boys. So she picked a company called uh, Goldie Blocks, which is essentially uh, toys that encourage young girls to build things, to engineer products. And she did this on Kickstarter, which is a crowdfunding platform. Mm -hmm. It took off with great success. So it's not just about creating a company, but instead about creating something that has some social good wrapped around it. Yeah, I love those. You know, and I feel like because of crowdfunding sites and um, the awareness around that, there are so many great small businesses and entrepreneurs that are getting their their products, their services out there. Yeah, there really are. And I mean, thanks to Kickstarter, uh, Indiegogo, for example, is another example of a crowdfunding site. Literally anyone who has a small business they want to start or a product they want to create finally has a platform where they can go and they can raise money for their cause and they can add something like social justice or or something that they want to also contribute to in the process. So I think it has really changed the game. And and I believe, maybe I'm a little naive, but (laughs) I believe that also lends itself to us having a better world because it allows people to be able to give back. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next, uh, next trend that you're seeing? 
Yeah, the next thing I want to talk about is just this idea of smart shopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all love shopping, but at the end of the day, the, the shopping process really hasn't been that intelligent over the past few years. But thanks to new technology, if you're a, a loyal user or loyal shopper to certain stores, for example, there are a lot more programs that can help us. So, uh, for example, I've been doing some work recently with Shoppers Drug Mart and their Optimum program, of course, you know, one of the most successful loyalty programs in the country with like 10 million members currently. Well, they They've now digitized that entire process. So basically, you can download their app, and they have their new Optimum digital card, and this will allow you to essentially have a personalized shopping experience. The app actually gets smarter over time. So it knows what type of things you buy, and then it will recommend new things. So this means we're shopping smarter because we're saving money. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we forget our physical card at home, which I do all the time. Yeah, I have mine uh, in my wallet, so does this mean I don't really need to carry it around? You don't have to carry it around. Oh, okay. download the app and uh, manage all of uh, your points on the app. And it just means the whole process is smarter overall. So thanks to it being entirely digitized, uh, again, we can encourage people to shop smarter and there's more loyalty because, of course, it's just an easier, more seamless process as well. And so is that that's an app that we just find in the App Store? or Yeah, yeah yep. it's the Shoppers Drug Mart app. You can get it on Android as well as iPhone devices. Uh, it's relatively new and uh, it works fabulously well. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I have friends who are big fans of their Optimum cards. They uh, are uh, they, they are loyal to their cards and uh, love this idea that they can digitize that whole process. Well, I haven't cashed in any of my points, and I so I'm just like I I feel like I'm hoarding points. Like I want to get to like <laughs> I want to be the person with the most points in the world because I had to do this emergency run for concealer of all things um, yes. the other week, and um, the woman was like, "Oh, you have enough points to buy." And I'm like, "No, no, I <laughs> I need to save those points." She's like, "What are you going to buy with these points?" I'm like, "I don't know, but I feel like I could buy a." A lot of paper towel. And she actually made a good point. She said, no, you should use your points to buy yourself a treat. She said something Aww. like perfume. And uh, she's like, that's what you should use the points for. She goes, don't use it to buy, you know, detergent. She's like, use it for a treat. And I was like, you're right. I'm going to yeah. use them for. I'm going to use my points for a gift for myself. That's smart. Right? So I'm still I mean, saving them. <laughs> that's what they're trying to do. I mean, so as they get more familiar with the type of stuff that you like, for example, if you're using this new digital card, then it would in turn maybe recommend that things that you may like as well. So there's a lot of technology behind it, but at the end of the day, it means we all shop smarter. Uh, we all save money because you don't forget your card at home and you yeah. can earn those points. So it's just a better process overall. Awesome. Okay. And then what's another, uh, I guess, trend you're seeing in smart tech? Yeah, you know, I'm going to jump ahead. I have a couple more yeah. here, but probably one of the biggest ones is visual social. And uh, just with the rise of Instagram, and I know I follow you on Instagram, so <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a big fan, but um, we see social networks out there, and I think especially late in 2014, this rise of visual social media. So mm-hmm. Instagram and Pinterest just absolutely exploded last year and have become even more popular this year. So it's all about being able to see pictures because really, you know, they can speak a thousand yeah, and also it lets you – I find that you can look at a photo really quickly. You don't have to necessarily, like, click on a link and read a long article or anything like that. So it lets you, you know, kind of make up your mind or get some information very quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a, a powerful uh, tool, right? If you're able to just simply share an image through Instagram, I find myself I will be at the checkout at a store and I'll literally be going through my Instagram feed and I'll like certain things. So there's just not that pressure of writing something necessarily, but you can just engage. It's very simple and everybody loves images. And you know what? There's a lot of fata- fantastic photographers on Instagram and yeah. uh, I follow some really great and interesting people. So uh, that 
really took off last year. So that's going to continue to be a, a trend in the future. That'll keep going? Okay, good. I'm happy to hear that. I really like Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going away anytime soon. I'm a little addicted to it. Okay, do you have something else for us? Yeah, definitely. So um, micro videos. So speaking of oh, Instagram, yeah. you can do, I don't know if people know this, but you can do shoot little 15-second videos on Instagram as well as share photos. Yeah. And um, I do this a lot. I share little tech tips on Instagram. Yes, I follow, yeah, I see those. Online. Yeah, we do them on a daily basis. It's an account called 15 Sec Tech. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of an experiment for us to see how people engage with these short videos. Uh, of course, Instagram isn't the only place you can do that. Vine has taken off in popularity. That's owned by Twitter. And those those videos are only six seconds long. Uh, and I, I don't know how much you follow Vine, but uh, if anyone wants to follow someone just to get started, I have a friend. Uh, he goes by at Brittle Star. And uh, he and his whole family make Vines. They're hilarious. They're oh, Really? Of the followers, yeah. Um, you know, instead of going to kind of soccer games on the weekend, it, they actually create vines together and they work <laughs> with some pretty interesting companies. You know, I, I'm one of those people now that because I miss out on some of the other things like early on, now when a new um, <laughs> platform comes out, I sign up right away. And so I did. I signed up for a Vine account. I don't really use it anymore. Then I got yeah. kind of like more into Instagram and maybe I'll float back. I have a Pinterest. I have all these accounts, Amber. I don't necessarily I use them all, but I'm aware. I'm aware of them. Yeah, you know, it, it's really smart that you're doing that because people come to me all the time. They say, well, how do I get a following on these sites? And I say, well, the, one of the best ways is to sign up early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think for myself, for example, on Twitter, I signed up really early, so I have a decent amount of people who are following me now. And it, it, for many social networks, that's the case. You know, you have to get on early. You have to start to engage early. So uh, um, if you haven't uh, tried out Vine, I, w- I would encourage you to do so. I mean, it, it's so easy just to, to flip through these six-second videos. There are a lot of fun. Now, do you notice a difference between like Instagram versus Vine? Is it the same people using both or is it sort of like two different crowds? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, what I find with Instagram is there are fewer people creating highly produced content on Instagram. You know, there are some videos, but they're just short little snippets. But with Vine, you mm-hmm. find a lot of comedians, a lot of people who are telling stories in six seconds or less, a wow. lot of brands who are using Vine. Um, Lowe's is a great example of a brand mm-hmm. that uses Vine on a regular basis just to share a little tip. They do a fantastic job. But I think with Vine, it's just a little bit more sophisticated right yeah. now, which is amazing to think, you know, in six seconds, how can you actually do something that can make you laugh, make you cry, make you smile? Yeah. These people are so creative. I, I personally am not great at Vine. I, I, I'm too long-winded. So <laughs> not good so am I. Well, and I think it also, it, it says a lot about our um, shrinking attention span. Um, but we're actually uh, out of time. Thanks so much for your, uh, for your tips, Amber. They were great. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks, Pay. That's uh, Amber MacArthur, consumer technology expert with some great um, consumer tech trends and shopping trends of smart technology that you might want to um, might want to think about signing up and following or checking out those new apps she spoke about. I am sticking around for another hour because Vinnie White is away on holiday, so I will be with you until 10 p.m. Coming up after the break, we'll tell you about uh, some hot actually a cool drink trends especially for the hot weather we'll tell you about the uh, the rise of cold brew and also your chance to win tickets to taste of toronto right after this Tonight, 
I'm in for Vinny White until 10 p.m. He's uh, he's away next weekend as well, so I'll be doing uh, two hours next weekend. 8 to 10 on Sunday. Paychen.com is the website. You can also find uh, podcasts there. If you want to re-listen to any of the uh, the interviews that I had tonight, because we had some really great info shared um, about uh, multiple sclerosis and that being Canada's disease, and also Amber MacArthur, our tech expert, was just on talking about some really cool smart technology. Um, you can find that and links to the podcast on the website as well. You know, I just took a quick glance at Twitter and I don't actually know how this happened. Like, I, I really don't know how this happened. But um, the new kids on the block are performing tonight in town. Why uh, don't I have a ticket? Like, I, you can judge me if you want. And if you're going to turn off the radio, I strongly suggest that you just think about how judgy you are if you're going to do that. But you have to keep in mind that growing up as a teen in Beaverbank, Nova Scotia, in the late 80s, early 90s, New Kids on the Block were my life. And they never went out to the East Coast. There was a store that used to sell like concert and band paraphernalia, like posters and uh, T-shirts and stuff. And they had this petition. And I used to go there all the time. And I would sign fake names on the petition just to have it, you know, be more impressive. Like there would be more names on there. I'd sign a whole page. i put my mom's name, my dad's name, my dog's name. Um, and they never did visit. So it was just this like unfulfilled teenage dream of mine to see new kids on the block. Mind you, now they're like closer to, to 50, I would imagine. Uh, but when they did the reunion tour, like I guess a couple of years ago, I did go. In my 30s, I went to see New Kids on the Block, and I loved it. Although now, they don't move as well. <laughs> they, don't, they dance as though they have very stiff joints. Um, well, I would like to know what your summer beverage is of choice, because we are. it is summer. I know this weekend isn't great, but we did have a re really nice weather for a couple of days, and we will again. Um, but, you know, it could be perhaps maybe it's a cold beer. Maybe it's one of these new cold-pressed juices that you can get pretty much at every second store. And uh, or maybe it's a fancy iced tea. Well, you're going to start seeing more of something called cold brew coffee. And here to talk about that growing trend is Mitchell Stern, who is with uh, the Toronto company Station Cold Brew. Hey, Mitchell. Hey, how are you? Uh, well, as you know, I'm a little sad not to be at New Kids on the Block. Yeah, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to follow all of that, <laughs> but I can do my best. I'm a, I'm a little upset about that. Actually, someone just texted in and said, not just New Kids on the Block, but also Nelly and TLC are on tour with them two nights. I think you're correct. It is two nights. Although it's not fully TLC because one of them is no longer with us. Right. Uh, but anyway, I'm not at the concert. I'm here. We're chatting. We're chatting. So that's a positive. Yep. And we're talking a bit about, we're talking about cold brew coffee. So this is something that I actually knew. I learned about this kind of last summer because I experimented with making it on my own, just like regular coffee. It's it's fairly easy to make at home. But the truth is we go out for coffee and all these other drinks because they're convenient usually, or, you know, sometimes we're a bit lazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you can definitely make it at home. Um, you know, you want to use a really good bean for sure. Mm -hmm. Um but we're providing a, a really unique uh, quality and consistent uh, cold brew that we, you know, we package up in a really nice bottle as well. So that's kind of kind of nice. So what? Okay. So what is cold brew coffee? Because I'm starting to see, I, I'm starting to see it at you know larger coffee shops and you know restaurants are starting to offer this a little bit more. Absolutely. So uh, cold brew coffee is uh, it's not a new thing. It goes back centuries. 
um, specifically to Japan um, and Indonesia. Um, oh, okay. In, in the in the U.S., the idea of cold brewing bugs. Um, in the U.S., there are a few companies that have launched over the past, we'll say, four or five years. One mm-hmm. specifically um, has has grown and, and is really large. They're a roaster as well. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of companies in in Toronto who are doing it. There are a lot of cafes who make their own. Right. Um, but we're really the only independent cold brew coffee company mm-hmm. um, who are wholesalers to bars, restaurants, cafes, grocery stores, all that sort of stuff. So how so, is it different than regular iced tea? Like what is like when I when I see a sign that says, hey, we serve cold brew coffee. It was like the first time I saw someone serving flat white coffee. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And I'm too embarrassed to ask. <laughs> Absolutely. So the big difference is that uh, in the process, we don't use any heat whatsoever. So okay. it is an 18 hour process. So it's a little bit time consuming. Um, but we, we steep the grinds in cold filtered water. Mm-hmm. So they're, the beans are, you know, the same really good quality direct trade beans we purchase. Um, they're roasted and ground the same way they normally would be, and then it fits and we extract from the coffee um, with, with time instead of heat. So someone at home who has, you know, some nice coffee that they enjoy, they could, instead of making their hot coffee in the morning, um, they could be making just the cold brew with the same coffee. It's not like you need a different type of coffee. Yep, absolutely. You have to use good quality beans yep. um, because the flavors do come through so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best part about uh, cold brew coffee is that it's much less acidic, so it's up to 70% less acidic. A lot of individuals who can't you know, consume coffee because of their stomachs yep. uh, oftentimes can drink cold brew, so it's much better on your stomach. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and, and the other big thing is that it's, it's actually much less bitter. Oftentimes cold coffee can be mm-hmm. very bitter, um, you know, if you're chilling a heated product or mixing, you know, an espresso with ice or yeah. something like that. It makes it very bitter, and then you have to add different things to it. So, you know, we promote our product and cold brew in general as an all-natural great way to drink coffee because it is really good black by itself. So where are we seeing cold brew, like, popping up? It, like, start, like, big chains? So Starbucks has recently um, launched cold brew mm-hmm. um, in Canada and the U.S. Um, that says a lot about trends. You know, if the big if the big companies are doing it, then it's definitely a thing. Absolutely, it's it's extremely validating for us, um, mm-hmm. and it's great because they're helping um, you know educate consumers on why cold brew coffee is great. Right. Um, they make a, they make a good cold brew. I've had it many times. Um, but you know, we also do ours in small batch. It's local. It's, it's yeah, that's nice. Better. I think that's a nice different. Um, angle for a lot of people. They like to, they like, even if they like something, whether it's a food or a drink, and they can find a, you know, a local producer, then, you know, that's always kind of nice to go in that direction. Absolutely. And so people, the big thing that people are looking for in, in, in beverages, um, it actually translates to food as well, but specifically for beverages, you know, they're looking for new experiences, healthy choices. Um, they're looking to consume calories that have content. So they're knowing. We're more educated on what calories we're putting in our body. Um, so is they... this why, okay, because I know that um, I, like people still drink a lot of pop. It's full of sugar. It's pumped full of chemicals. You read the ingredients, and there's no nothing real in there. Um, so, I mean, I know though that's still doing well, but the there seems to be this whole new market of – um, ready-made drinks, like whether it's in a coffee shop or it's at the grocery store, like in bottles. So juices, for example, I've been talking about this. There's like juice shops now that you can pop into and get, you know, your kale juice or whatever. Um, now there's like all kinds of tea shops, though. So I feel like people are a bit more educated on the options that they have out there. And then these tea shops in the summertime have been really smart and they're selling, you know, iced teas for us. So is, totally. is that what it, it's going towards? It's just that 
when you're talking about people want to know, like they want more of a natural product? Yeah, absolutely. There's There's been a huge shift, um, and it's continuing. Um, you know, the big companies like Coke and Pepsi are obviously still doing what they do, but people are more educated. They're looking for different things. And like you said, you go into um, even a grocery store, and you'll see things like coconut water and kombucha and um, there's all these different things. There's, you know, matcha. And, yeah. There's uh, so many healthy things to drink. I can't keep track. I'm in the bathroom all the time. It's better. It's, it, there's more choice. Um, and cold brew coffee fits directly in line with those. You know, you'll see our product on many shelves next to um, there's some amazing local kombucha makers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're generally right next to them because it's the same person looking for the, you know, that unique, different, healthy um, quality product. Now, when you say people are looking for functional calories, what do you mean? They just, like, are, we're still calorie conscious? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's knowing what you put in your body, right? Okay. Um, and, and that's, you know, you can enjoy a glass of wine, um, you know, because you've, you've consumed less calories before sort of thing um, or, or whatever your choice is. Right. Oh, yeah, and it – sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, and another thing is, is – people are looking for things that are, are real. So mm-hmm. you mentioned before about all the stuff that you can read on a, on a label, uh, you know, pop, for example, and you, most people don't know what half of it is. Um, you know, our, our product has three ingredients. It's coffee, water, and we add roasted chicory root to it. Oh, what does that do? So that gives it a really nice chocolatey, natural sweetness. Oh, okay. Um, that's why, again, we, we promote drinking it black. Um, however, you know, adding some milk to it is a really nice uh, treat as well. Okay. So, yeah. So, and, and you look at our you look at our label, and when you can see it says ingredients mm-hmm. three, it just gives you that confidence in what you're drinking and putting into your body. Now, is it true that you also serve um, your like station cold brew on tap, or we that do. is served? I don't understand that. So, are you telling me that at a it's at like like a beer tap, like draft? People are ordering cold brew coffee the way they would order a pint of beer. Yeah, absolutely. So um, no, we, come we on. It. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, we we fill it. You know, we fill the kegs the same way you would fill it um, with beer. Um, we also do it uh, under pressure with nitrogen, mm-hmm. so that it, it pours like a Guinness. So it's got this sort of rich, creamy flavor to it. So that's that's called our nitro cold brew. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. It's convenient for our customers. You know, we can deliver kegs just like anybody else uh, or any beer company. There's also you know, wine is on tap now. Um, yeah, that's true. But it's usually cider. just booze on tap. I would have never thought of, like, walking into some place that has um, taps and thinking that there would be coffee, which I like because it's a non-alcoholic option. Absolutely. And people are people are looking for that as well. Um, I know there's there's a kombucha company called Pico, uh, local, who are also doing kombucha on tap. And they're, I think, really? the first kombucha bar in in the past who, who do it on tap. It's great. Oh, that's um, kind of cool. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, why why not non-alcoholic drinks on tap? Well, and then you can just, like, saddle up to the bar and you're like, I want a pint of coffee. <laughs> of course. Of course. And, and for our customers. So, you know, if you're a restaurant or a bar, to invest in a good coffee program is expensive. And uh, sometimes it's not the focus. So mm-hmm. for us to be able to offer, you know, coffee on tap, it, it takes away from labor. It's very easy to understand and to pour. Yeah. It, it works. Now, what do you think the trend is going forward? Like, are, are we going to, is it start going to start being really fancy? Are we going to, you know, because it seems like we, there's always like the product starts with one thing and then it just explodes into a million other things. Right, of course. So 
I mean, there's there's all sorts of new stuff popping up. You know, yerba mate is 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 another sort of like an all natural um, energy drink, I suppose. Oh. Um, so stuff like that is popping up. But in yeah. terms of, of of cold brew coffee, it's also a very um, versatile product. So the concentrate, which is the result of the brewing process, um, we're using with some partners for cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, really nice additive to cocktails. Um, it's also great for baking and cooking, and you know, it's just a very versatile product. We're working on some different drinks that we're actually going to be launching um, at the Union Station Food Market. Oh, okay, um, cool. Which is starting next week. It's amazing. It's you know, 28 artisanal vendors for all of July and August. Oh, so sorry. Is this going to be during the week or on the weekends? When is this market happening? It's seven days a week. Seven days a week at Union Station. Yep. So just outside of Union Station, there's yeah. an amazing market that um, is going to go up. It's a, it's a you know full-time tent, five-by-five booth for the vendors, and it's a great chance for us to sort of put our foot in the water for the retail game. Yeah. Um, and so, like I was saying, we're going to be offering some some unique twists on cold brew. Um, cold brew and tonic is, is something that we're playing around with. Um, it's pretty popular in a few different U.S. states. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to be offering a traditional New Orleans-style cold brew coffee with some heavy cream and a little bit of sweetener, which is a really nice treat. Ooh, sounds super low-fat. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it will be a nice treat. Um, oh, you know, we just have a quick text from a listener that was, uh, said they've tried making cold brew, but they don't know if they need to grind their beans coarse or fine. Um, you want to you grind it coarse. Oh, you want to? Okay. So maybe not the coffee that you're, you know, brewing in the morning if it's like super, super extra fine. Yeah. So of course it'd be better. Okay. Well, this is great. So we can definitely be um, finding uh, Station Cold Brew. Well, as you mentioned at the new Union Station Market, when is that going to start? So that starts Monday, July 6th. So next week tomorrow. Okay. Um, We're also in, you know, 42 retailers around the city. Um, We're doing music festivals and events and uh, we'll be launching in Whole Foods very soon as well. What? Congratulations! That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, we've been working on that for a while. So we're gonna we're gonna be in the Yorkville um, uh, Whole Foods market. Yeah, and Whole Paycheck from, Foods. I know it. <laughs> and then from there, um, hopefully expand to the other Whole Foods. Well, it's great. Well, congratulations. And, you know, uh, like as you mentioned, like with a, a lot of coffee chains now offering it, at least people know what that option is and, and what it means if they're not going to make it at home. Um, that's great. Thanks so much, Mitchell. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. That's uh, Mitchell Stern. He is with Station Cold Brew, a nice Toronto company that you might want to consider checking out. Uh, after the break, your chance to win a pair of passes to Taste of Toronto taking place at Fort York. Uh, it starts this Thursday, so that's July 2nd. So it runs from Thursday until Sunday. They have different sessions. So that, that's how the tickets work, is that you basically, if you're going to buy tickets, you're buying them for a certain session. So that could be lunch session or dinner session on any of those days. And uh, the passes I'm giving away will also include um, some crowns. That is the sort of the currency that they're using there. So I'll be giving away $30 to for each pass as well. So that's $30 per person. I've got two tickets to give away. And uh, if you do, you know, uh, get a pass to go to Taste of Toronto, the passes include access to free cooking classes, demos, also really nice uh, intimate discussions with top chefs. So you might want to take a look at that. But again, I am giving away two later on in the show, so you can keep listening for your chance to win. And uh, if you want to check out podcasts of the show, you can always find The Pay Chen Show in iTunes, also on my website, paychen.com. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find me there at P. 
Pei Chen. We're going to take a quick break and uh, back with more info about Taste of Toronto and your chance to win right after this. This is the Pei Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Pei Chen here in for Vinny White, who is on holiday this weekend and next weekend. So thanks for tuning in. Um, Coming up in a few minutes as well, Ed Keenan will join me. We'll find out what's coming up on his show at 10 p.m. As I mentioned before the break, Taste of Toronto returns for a second year at Fort York, kicking off July 2nd to 5th. That's Thursday to Sunday. Now, this outdoor festival promises some of the biggest names in the Toronto dining scene and opportunities to sample their food, sit in on classes and discussions. Uh, On the line, I have event director for Taste of Toronto, Megan O'Hanlon. Hi, Megan. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm doing well. I'm sure you've been quite busy. (laughs) We have. We've had a bit of a soggy weekend building, but it's all coming together, and we're really excited about next week. So uh, it's a four-day food event, right, broken up into sessions. So I just want to kind of clarify for people how it works. Yeah, that's right. So we run the event in four- to five-hour sessions. Um, There's six of them total. And we start on Thursday night, um, and each session is ticketed separately. So we've got Thursday night, we've got two sessions Friday, two Saturday, and one on Sunday as well. Okay. So that means that if somebody was interested in going, then they just, they go, okay, well, we're going to go to the Saturday, you know, early session, and that's what they're buying a ticket for. Exactly. It's kind of like a lunch and dinner session, I guess is probably a good way to put it, kind Mm -hmm. of going to a restaurant. So, yeah, you could go Saturday afternoon from 12 to 4 p.m., or you could go for dinner from 5.30 to 10. Oh, okay, great. So it's the second year here, but I know that, um, like, Taste of Festivals have um, been all around the world. That's right. Yeah, it started in London 12 years ago. Um, It's in over 20 cities around the world now. Um, and London actually just had their show about two weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, there's been lots on um, Dublin, Amsterdam. Uh, Perth was on about a month ago. So, oh, cool. it's, yeah, it's all over the world. It's, uh, you know, the same format, but very much all about the local dining scene in the city that it's in. So this being the second year for Toronto, um, how has it improved or changed from the first year? Well, um, yeah, it has. I mean, we, um, we've definitely, you know, fine-tuned things from the first year, but we've also, um, you know, we've managed to attract some amazing chefs through years that, um, you know, that are here for the first time. So um, we've also got a couple of, of new uh, features as mm-hmm. well. Um, but, yeah, we're really super excited about some of the chefs that we've got coming this year. So um, who have we got? Because we've got some great chefs and then some restaurants that will be sampling food as well. Exactly. So, yeah, we have 14 restaurant booths at the event. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've got uh, one super exciting story is uh, Morimoto is going to be, Morimoto Toronto is going to be launching at Taste of Toronto. Wow. Yeah, it'll be the first time for Torontonians to, you know, try his food here in Toronto. Um, And we've also got Alvin Young uh, coming out as well. Right from Um, uh, Master Chef Canada, where he's well known. Yeah. That's right, yeah, and he's actually flying in from Hong Kong, um, and he's got his restaurant, Bow Innovation, there. So it'll be great to have him back here in Toronto. Um, We've also got other chefs coming and doing demonstrations. We've got Lynn Crawford, Michael Bonaccini, Mark McEwen, Massimo Capra. So 
a great lineup. Um, and then, yeah, just wonderful restaurants, too. We've got almost 50 different restaurant dishes to choose from. So wow. it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. So I know that tickets are, so they're $19 each. So that gets you into the grounds. And then when you're there, you buy these things called crowns. That's right. So we have an on-site currency. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's cashless. It takes to Toronto. So to be able to eat and drink, um, you know, not only do we have the restaurants, we have a ton of different, you know, bars. We've got different vendors um, that you can buy everything from, you know, a glass of wine to an ice cream. Um, and that's right. So you buy crowns. Uh, the dishes at the restaurants start from six to ten dollars, uh, ranging between that and uh, one crown equals one dollar. So it's pretty easy to uh, to figure out. It's so, an easy conversion. <laughs> that's right, exactly. And it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's all in a, a loaded RFID card. So you literally load it up on site, or you can do it in advance if you've bought your ticket in advance. You mm-hmm. can do it online, and uh, you just tap your way around the event. So then it just avoids having to like deal with cash and making change and you know eating up time that way. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it makes it all pretty streamlined for not only the vendors but also the visitors as well. So tell me about these. I know that uh, in addition to being able to walk around and sample food from some great chefs and great restaurants, there's also like you've got all kinds of different programs going on. So there's like co- there's cooking demos and um, like classes and things that people can take part in. That's right. Yeah, we've got lots going on. Um, we have a Metro Masterclass, which is actually a hands-on cooking class with um, 36 cook stations. And uh, everyone can, you know, participating can work alongside one of our featured chefs at the event and learn how to make one of their dishes and have it at the end. So that's a really cool feature. And we also do have a uh, main theater, the Cadillac Taste Theater as well. Um, and uh, you can watch all the chefs doing demos there. Uh, this year we've got a new feature, uh, the Toronto Life Chef's Table, which is it's quite cool. It's a, it's a big round table uh, for 16 people, standing room as well, and you can you know ask the chefs any questions. It's a really kind of intimate Q&A environment. And then if you're into your wine, we've got the tasting room, and uh, that is led by a number of different uh, wine brands and also by Franco Siltari from Charlie Burger. So he's leading some really great wine tastings and uh, food pairings as well. So now if somebody wants to take a class, how, does, how do they do that? Because it's included with the admission, right? That's right. So all of our classes are first come, first serve. So... Um, you know, you come in at the beginning of your session and you can put your name down, particularly for the Metro Masterclass, because that one just goes really Right, quick. okay. So, like, when you walk in, you should go sign up for the class. <laughs> totally. Hot tip. Like, make sure you get down there. Same with the tasting room as well for all the wine tastings, because spaces are limited. Um, so, you know, if you do that first, then you can come back a couple hours later once you've walked around and you can do your wine tasting, your cooking class. Okay, cool. And there's also, is, is there music? I feel like there's all there are all these things happening. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. There's a lot happening in your four-hour session, but we're really excited about the music stage this year. It's um, curated by the Way Home Music and Arts Festival, so we've got some amazing artists playing and DJs as well throughout the entire weekend. Okay, great. So lots lots to do within your session. Your like four-hour session. A lot to take part in. Um, That's amazing. Well, thanks so much, Megan. So uh, have you been setting up this weekend? Like are most uh, like are, are most of the tents up at this point? 
They are, yeah. Most of the tents are up, and then it really becomes, I mean, we essentially build a city for, you know, the four days. So the tents go up, then the plumbing goes in, then the gas lines and the power. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, you know, we're on a pretty strict uh, timeline, but uh, it's all coming together. So despite the rain, we've been been lucky, and it's uh, all on track. Well, and I saw the, like, the long-term weather forecast, and it looks pretty good starting Thursday. It does. We're, um, you know, we're doing our, uh, you know, fingers and toes crossed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's looking good. So, I, you know, tickets are available on the door as well. Um, so, you know, we're expecting some good numbers next weekend. All right. Great. Well, I'll see you there. Great. Look forward to it. Thanks okay. so much. Thanks, okay. Megan. Bye. Uh, that's Megan O'Hanlon from uh, Taste of Toronto. The website is tasteoftoronto.com if you want to go and find out more information or to purchase tickets. And you can also see uh, what the sessions are and who might be there doing the demos and um, cooking and and such. So if that's going to influence your decision. Now, as I mentioned, I do have two tickets to give away to Taste of Toronto. This will give you access to the grounds for any one lunch or dinner session. So as she mentioned, there's uh, most of the day, the Friday, Saturday, there's two sessions, like a lunch and a dinner. Thursday, there's a dinner session. Sunday, there's an afternoon session. So... The passes also include access to the free cooking classes, which if you want to attend that, you want to make sure you sign up as soon as you walk in. There's demos, intimate roundtable discussions with top chefs. Plus, each pass will come with $30 in crowns for you to sample some of the food there. And then if you want to enjoy more, then you can just top it up when you're there. Um, Here's the thing. The passes, you will, whoever wins, you'll pick them up at Fort York during the event. You will not pick them up at the station. Um, That's just going to waste a trip for you to come down here. So to win, the third correct caller, 416-872-1010 or start 8255 on your cell phone, who can tell Elliot uh, how many years the Taste Festival has been in Toronto, including this year. So including this year, how many years has the Taste Festival been in Toronto. And you want to make sure, of course, that you're calling in to win that you are able to get to Fort York this coming weekend because it's only taking place from Thursday to Sunday. And uh, the third correct caller, who can tell Elliot, uh, that they will win. Um, I was just mentioning, oh, and Ed Keenan's going to pop in after the break, too, and he's going to tell us what's coming up on his show. Also, for those who are just tuning in and and can't figure out who this is because it's not Vinny, I'm Paige Chen. I'm in for Vinny White this weekend and next weekend as he takes a visit to uh, the U.K. to visit his family. So thanks for tuning in, and I'm here until 10 p.m., and I'll be here from 8 until 10 p.m. next Sunday as well. Um, I, something happened to me last night, and I'm not sure if this has happened to any of you. If, have you ever, like, creeped someone online? So, so let's say you, like, find their Facebook or you're looking at them on Instagram, and then you accidentally liked something so then they know that you were looking. Well, this is what you should not do, is I was at dinner last night with a couple of girlfriends, and uh, my one friend, we're at this place called People's Eatery, which is on Spadina near Dundas. And I've been there a couple times. I quite like it. Uh, my, my one friend found our waiter to be rather handsome, much younger than us, like, but just, you know, kind of nice to look at. And we happened to uh, bump into someone who works there that we know. So she asked him about the waiter. She's like, Do you, what's his name? And we'll look him up online. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, you should check his Instagram. So she doesn't have Instagram. So I pull out my phone and I go, okay. So I searched his name. I said, oh, there he is. And we start scrolling through. And then I give her my phone and she starts 
She thought she could enlarge the photos by tapping on them, but by tapping on them, she was liking his photo from my Instagram account while we're having dinner, while he's serving us. So um, here's my tip is don't ever hand your phone over to someone uh, when you have like a certain social media app open because you all, all hell will break loose. You never know what's going to happen after that. Um, anyway, so he probably just thinks I'm a, like gross cougar because he was so much younger than us and that's our deal um paychen.com is the website as i've mentioned so i put the podcast up usually a day or two after the show if you missed uh, the earlier part of the show i had some great interviews actually um we were talking about some consumer technology and apps that you might want to consider using that will make your life a little bit easier also help save you money and really interesting i didn't realize that uh, multiple sclerosis is canada's disease we have more people diagnosed with MS in Canada than in any other country in the world. And there was some really interesting information there from Dr. Karen Lee. So if you want to catch up on uh, the interview that you may have missed, the podcast will go up. You can find that on my website, paychen.com. And uh, you can also find it in iTunes and on a few podcast sites. But we're going to take a quick break here on uh, In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. When we come back, Keenan will pop in and we'll see what's coming up on his show and uh, what happened throughout the weekend. All right, back right after this. Radio News Talk 1010. Paychen here in for Vinnie White, who is away for uh, two weeks. So I'll be back next Sunday as well from 8 until 10 p.m. Ed Keenan joins me now. Uh, Ed, of course, coming up at 10 p.m. How you well, doing, Pay? I, I'm doing all right. We were just catching up during the commercial break about our weekends. And I was saying that last night I was out for dinner. And it was really, weir- really rare for me to be out at one in the morning. Like that's just hours <laughs> beyond when I would normally be out. Okay, and I don't grandma. Have, I know, and I'm yeah. single and I don't have kids. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm almost always in bed by like 10, 30, 11. Because during the week is, my weeks are busy. There's like work-related kind of events, like with food stuff, so sometimes right. restaurant things, but they're not late events. But then I just feel really tired. And then I'm like, I would like to be, I like to be in pajamas at 10 p.m. at night. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm single. Uh, yeah, no, that's we were what we were saying is that normally what what happens is that you have kids and their schedule makes you uh, go to bed early. But the whole punchline to that was that you said like, despite being a, a early to bed person, you're not really a morning person. I'm not a morning person at all. Absolutely not. But all this week I've been getting up early for. Uh, I was doing some TV stuff on the morning shows. So I think that just So you're not a night person. Like, you're not a night owl anymore. I can be. I and used to be. you're not a morning person. So, <laughs> so are there afternoon people? Is that, is that then your prime time is like the yes. afternoon? I'm yeah. really functional for like four hours of the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's all you need though, right? The rest of it, I'm in this weird, fuzzy kind of, you know, fog. Right. And uh, it's like, I, I don't even know how I got here today. I don't even know how long I've been here. <laughs> I'm, I'm winding down the, those hours of when I'm, I feel awake. Um, hey, speaking of kids, do you, do you take your kids to public pools? Like, do you uh, guys yeah. do that in the summer? Yeah, we, uh, we go to High Park Pool. Uh, last summer, I think we went, you know, four or five times. The summer before yeah. that, we went almost once a week. We had oh, like okay. sort of a routine where we were going every week. Yeah. Uh, and then my kids take swimming lessons at a public indoor rec pool right. near our house. So, yeah. 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 But did you hear, did you see that story that came out this week about um, 
that came up from the U.S. Center for Disease Control, so the you CDC, about the, about that it's not the chlorine that makes your eyes burn. Because you know sometimes you go into a mm. pool and you smell that chemical smell. And I always thought too, and I did up until I read this, I would think like, wow, it's such a sl- strong chlorine smell, but it's killing everything. So right, yeah, it's killing it's okay. all the bacteria, and yeah. so. But n- no, uh, I didn't actually read that. I saw the headline, and yeah. I thought this is probably something I'm better off knowing, you, not knowing, because it's probably gross, right? <laughs> it is gross. So I'm hit me with you, it then. I'm going to tell you what it is. So when you go into a public pool and you can smell the chemical, which you always assume is because it has that strong smell, yeah, right? Yeah. And you think that it's just a lot of chlorine. What it actually is, is human waste. So it's not the chlorine. <laughs> I knew it was <laughs> going to be that. You didn't want to know this. I knew it was going to be that. I'm sorry, but it, what you're and I'm letting so this everyone is urine know in... it's urine and it's sweat, um, and I don't know who poops in pools, but part of their messaging from the, the Center for Disease Control is don't pee or poo in the pool. Yeah, well, now see, at most public pools, if somebody defecates in the pool, then they, they put up it, a right? sign that says the pool is closed due yeah. to fouling. And yeah, you kind of think like, who does that? Yeah, well, well who does I mean, does I guess babies, but babies are supposed yeah. to wear these little swim diapers, like yes. these waterproof diapers. Sometimes a little nugget slips. <laughs> so this is the thing. The... Um, you know, when you get like your red itchy eyes and mm. you smell that, that chemical before you even get into the pool, it's actually... That's just the pee in your eyes. It's Nothing react- to be alarmed about. Yeah, it's not. It's other people. It's just somebody else has sweat. turned your face into a toilet bowl. Yes. And that's what it is. So it is the, it is the chlorine <laughs> reacting oh, no. with human waste that makes your eyes burn, that makes that strong chemical smell. So what they've done is the CDC has... And they've. This is actually... Uh, disappointing. There's been an increase in the number of people who get sick from water illnesses just in the past decade because um, apparently people swim when they have diarrhea. Not that that's happening in the pool. This is not the issue. The issue is that there's still bits of germs which can live for days in the water causing other people to be sick. Right, so okay. They, they release and the chlorine this whole, like, doesn't kill this. The chlorine is there is so much pee and sweat in these public pools that the chlorine is working overtime. So they they put out a new pamphlet like they're doing this whole like information um, campaign because they want people to be aware that you one of the main so things the is reason, shower before you get into the pool. Yeah. A lot of people don't because that can rinse off a lot of just. So when you stuff. shower before you get into the pool, you're yeah. doing other people a favor because if there's crap all over your body, yeah. even if you're not aware of it, it gets rinsed off. It gets rinsed off. So you're you're right. eliminating a lot of the nastiness that's going into the pool. So the whole idea is like and then if when you everyone shower did this. After you get out. Then That's you're washing you. other people's nastiness off of you. Yes, exactly. Okay. So they're, um, they, <laughs> the official four steps to keep germs out of water and stay healthy. Stay out of the water if you have diarrhea. Honestly, I feel this is <laughs> common sense. But it is enough of a problem that the U.S. Center for Disease Control had to make a pamphlet and has to do this whole education campaign. Stay out of water if you have diarrhea. Shower before you get in the water. I'll admit there's a little hot tub and pool in mm-hmm. my condo building. I don't always shower before I get in. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't. I, I typically don't. have never showered before I got in the pool. And I mean, there's always a sign that says it's, all bathers must, you know, shower yeah. before and after entering the pool. But I've never seen anybody. Because you always <laughs> no got your towel. Yeah. Nobody showers on the way in. No. And then you go and you stand there and you're all dry. Yeah. And you dip your toe in and maybe it's a little cool. And, and then like when you dive in, that's when you're 
first wet, that's, right? That's yeah. part of the experience. The, and then the other rules are don't pee or poop in the water and don't swallow <laughs> the water, which is sometimes no one intentionally swallows water in a pool. Don't pee or poop in the pool. This is like, you know, those little like gel packets that come packed in things to oh, they, eliminate um, the moisture. The and they say on the, do not eat. Do not eat. Do yes. not eat. It's like. They come this with your is shoes. the same level of um, of instruction. Is like it should be obvious. Don't eat this. Uh, but we'll put a label on because some people need it. This should be don't defecate in the really, pool. Should really not be an instruction you actually need to give people. But no. I guess it is. It's like you're talking to kindergarten students. You're like, don't do that. Don't pee or poo. Don't drink the water. But in fact, this information is for adults. Yeah. So um, just to keep that in mind, if you are going to public pools this summer. Not that you shouldn't go, but just be aware that if you think that smell, that chemical smell, <laughs> is that the pool is really clean, it's it's not. So do everyone a favor and shower beforehand and do yourself a favor and shower afterwards. Uh, this is like, I mean, I guess it's good that you told our listeners that and that you told me that. Although part of my brain thinks this is just the kind <laughs> of information I'm, I'm better off not knowing because I'm not like uh, germophobic enough that this is like going to prevent me from going. Yeah. But I am like conscious and aware enough that now it's going to bug me just a little bit every time I go. What this might mean is that when your kids get out of the pool, you're actually going to say to I them, actually, rinse off, right? Like, you know, yeah, take a quick shower, like, yeah. rinse off right away because there's other people's we, nasty stuff. We do stuff. do that, but I always thought we were just washing the chlorine off because, well, uh, especially <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to... <laughs> See, this makes me wonder now. I used to take swimming lessons at Pape Recreation Center. My yeah. brother and I would walk. And we would uh, swim in that pool. And after our lesson, it was like free swim. So we'd often oh, yeah. stay in the pool for like two hours. But I would leave and in, you know, the, the late fall, winter, uh, it would be dark out or yeah. getting dark when we left. And the streetlights would be coming on. And my eyes would be sort of, sort of red and affected <laughs> that, that you see those weird starbursts around yes. every streetlight. And yeah. it's kind of painful and watery. And now, and I always thought, like everybody else, like, oh, the chlorine, and I'm really sensitive to yeah. it. But it turns out, I don't your know, eyes are sensitive let's just to not urine. even complete this train of that's thought. That's what it let's is. Just... Well, this is a public service announcement for everyone that's listening out there, just so you know. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, really, to keep yourself safe, just rinse off afterwards, right? Because they're just saying right. that a lot of this yucky stuff lives in the water for a long time. So, you know. And for our sake, rinse off beforehand. Please. Yes. Please. To do your part for everyone for in the pub. But you're right. It drives me nuts when pools are completely shut down because someone had a little accident in the, in the pool. I'm like, this is very... This is unfair. It's unfair to everyone. Um, what's coming up on your show? Uh, well, we got a few things over the next hour, but uh, one thing that's coming up just after 1030 is um, an interesting enough pilot project in Toronto to deal with uh, something that's been, I think, an increase, increasing problem. Mm -hmm. um, do you smoke? You no, don't I don't. smoke, right? Good. No. Good. Is this about e-cigarettes? Um, no, it's not. Oh. It's not. Um, but since it's been, what, it's probably almost 10 years now, not quite mm -hmm. 10 years since we barred smoke, banned smoking in all bars and restaurants, yes. right? And um, and I, I still smoke, and I was a smoker at the time. I thought I was going to hate that yeah. or hate going to bars. It turns out it's great. You, don't you mind come it? home, you don't stink all the time. Yeah. And, and like if you're a smoker, you go outside and But in the winter, you air. don't like it. In the winter, it's, it's less than ideal, but yeah. still... Uh, when I do occasionally go into a place where people smoke indoors now, I realize, like, how did we ever just think this was normal? I but, know. but, uh, 
along almost all the major streets where there are lots of bars and restaurants now, mm-hmm. because people don't smoke inside and use ashtrays that get emptied out, throw in the garbage, uh, the sidewalks are just littered with cigarette butts, right? Oh, the sidewalks are filthy. Yeah. So there's a company introducing a pilot project in Toronto uh, to to maybe change that and do some good with that. So we'll be talking to uh, a representative from TerraCycle mm-hmm. about their cigarette butt recycling project uh, that's being launched at Queen, just has been launched at Queen and Ossington. So there'll be ashtrays out there near the Ossington bars yeah. or at Queen and Ossington um, that, that are receptacles that hold on to the butts. They get emptied out and they'll get recycled into things. Do they get made into jewelry? Probably, I think, just drinking cups. <laughs> I'll ask... I'll ask my guest. You said they were being recycled into other things. Like that happens with like um, uh, these old car tires are like everything gets made (laughs) into jewelry and they also get made into purses. So I'm just wondering if cigarette butt, you know, handbags are going to be the next thing. Well, I'll ask um, I'll ask Vanessa, who is the the spokesperson for TerraCycle, who will be coming on the show. I'll ask her what exactly they get made into, because I'm curious. um, I mean, I know. Uh, that like everything, they get treated and all of that, yeah. and they're a totally different thing. It's still gross to think uh, that some things you wouldn't want to be made out of old cigarette butts. Like drinking straws. Smoked. For example. <laughs> yeah, when you buy the drinking straws, you don't want to see that label that says made of 100% recycled material. Yeah, recycled butts. Yeah, it's just old toilet paper. Yeah. and But don't, the chlorine kills it. Don't worry. No, it doesn't. And you feel that burning in your... <laughs> The burning uh, on your mouth. Like, <laughs> yeah, what is that? It's the menthol. <laughs> exactly. That's all. But, you know, I like the idea. I, I wouldn't have thought you could possibly recycle that in any way. But, you know, there's enough of them. I'm sure that if you put all the, like, butt, cigarette butts together, it's probably, like, this mound. No, it must be a massive volume, I, th- I think. Because, I mean, and you, you really see... When the snow snow first thaws in the spring, oh, that's when you really see poop. it because it's like piles and piles yeah, and gross. piles of them, right? Yeah. The, so. that, the first spring, like when when spring hits and then like all that snow's gone and, you, and you're like, oh, it's so great. It's spring. And you look on the ground. It's just garbage. It's the beautiful <laughs> spring day, the day when the streets run thick with scum. Yeah. Mm, Fresh spring scum. scum. Let's pour some, pour some chlorine onto those streets and clean them up. <laughs> um, well, that's great. Well, that is Ed Keenan show, of course, is coming up right now at uh, 10 p.m. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Paychen is a website that's where you can find me. I'll also be back next Sunday from 8 until 10. Thanks, Ed. Have a good show. Thank you. (laughs) And be careful in public pools. Take a shower before and after. Be clean. Have a great night, everyone.